What could happen if our parenting, our not so good parenting, pushes our child over the edge to the point where they don't want to live anymore? Um, many of us are stressed, we're going through things, and we're kind of parenting as we go. We're doing the best we can. But sometimes the words that we choose to say or the words that we choose not to say can affect our children immensely. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a conversation I had with a um, 20-year-old daughter of a mother and um, the experience that they had because she wanted to take her life and she didn't want to live anymore. And when we got to the bottom of it, a lot of it had to do with some negative messages that she was fed and the mother didn't even realize she was doing it. I think it's time for us to just take a finer look at our parenting and ask ourselves, could I be saying things on a daily basis, not even knowing it, that could take my child over the edge? Let's take a listen. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women to grow and thrive. I have not been able to talk to the parents as much lately because we are doing our month-long love series, and I thought it was time to inject a little story that might just kind of wake us up and get us back in our game. As parents, it's super hard because we have so many responsibilities. I know as a mom, I'm constantly having to balance um, what I need to take care of, You know what my husband needs from me, what each of my different individual children, because each child is unique and they have unique needs, um, what they need from me. And it's part of our job as a parent to kind of investigate and find out what each of our children need. And by that, I I mean, like some need more um, one-on-one time, some need you to talk like this, some need you to do this a bit more, that a bit less. And, and that's the role of the mother, to take the temperature and kind of figure out exactly what each child needs. Now, I'm sharing a short story with you today that I was not actually intending to share, but because of what I've talked to the parents and, and the daughter and I experienced, I said... I really need to share this with my parenting community because a lot of the mothers that I talk to, they have children who are younger, majority of them, um, let's say under 10 or something like that. And there might be some that are older, but for the majority, that's what the, the community is here. And so as I'm talking to mothers, it's really hard to see sometimes what all of this experience that we're putting our children through on a daily basis might look like if we fast forward and now they're an adult. How did every word I say affect them? And because words are very, very powerful, right? That's why the Quran is full of extremely powerful words that can uplift us and, and bring us to a better state and elevate us. And, and that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says iqra for so many reasons. He says iqra, but one of them is that words are extremely powerful. And the other one is, um, you know, what we do, those things that are unspoken. So what we say in those unspoken words could be that look, our arms crossed, our foot tapping, you know, like on the floor in, in disappointment, whatever it is, those spoken and unspoken messages that we're constantly giving our children, what if we could fast forward and see exactly how those would affect them? So today I want to share a story about a mother that reached out to me about her daughter. And her daughter is about 20, 21, 
And her daughter had expressed to her, not for the first time, but maybe for the second or third time, that she didn't want to live anymore. And the reason was because she was a burden to everyone else around her. Now, whenever I hear the word burden um, and suicide, it makes me really nervous. It makes me really, really nervous. Um, And again, I get a bit choked up because... This is a topic that many girls are going through, and I, you know, I know this is a parenting podcast, but if you're a girl that's going through this, I mean, you're welcome to take a listen, and I know um, these can be really, really strong feelings. And a lot of our youth, as we know, are getting to the point where they are actionably taking suicide. And you know, forget what Islam says about suicide for a second. We know it's not permissible. We know the ramifications in the, you know, in the qabr. I'm not, I'm not focusing on that as much as I'm focusing on preventative measures today. I'm not going to focus on, you know, the outcomes as much as what can we do now? What can we do now to make sure that this type of um, situation doesn't happen for our children? And are we actually possibly unconsciously feeding into this? We don't realize it, but we're setting our children up for possibly feeling so unworthy that they don't belong on this earth anymore. And I've seen parents giving those messages to their children and they don't even know. So today I just want to highlight the story of the mother and the daughter and what happened. So you can ask yourself, goodness, am I possibly doing some of that in my house? Because if I am, I need to stop it immediately. And I'm going to talk at the end with three little suggestions on what you can do daily to try to avoid putting yourself in this position with your children. So the mother, she came to me um, really, really concerned, obviously, as any mother would be. And we talked a bit about um, what it is that could possibly get to, like, to get to the bottom of it. And now her daughter was married, and her daughter um, was having a bit of difficulty with her her marriage. And she had has um, a child or two already, so she's not like a, a teenager, right? She's now a woman. And I guess what happened was there were some unresolved issues that that she didn't get to maybe before she was married. And this is why I'm trying to tell women in my love series, please, before you look for a spouse, you know, imagine this amazing wedding, please try to sit with yourself and try to work through some of the things that you're going through. Now, I'm not saying talking therapy, I'm not going to go off on a therapy rant right now. I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's a lot of what you can do if you just stop and reflect before we even get to that level. I mean, if you need to get to that level, of course you can go there. But my point is we're so fast paced these days, like phones, computers, you know, people are on all different types of devices and apps. Slow down and take stock of where you are within yourself. So what happened was mom called me up and she told me um, about what her daughter was going through. And I have a permission to talk to her daughter. So I talked to her daughter. And her daughter started to say a lot of the words. Like I said, um, I'm a burden. Um, I feel like everything that um, I'm, I'm constantly needing things from people. People don't have time for me. They're too busy. And when I ask them, I feel like this or I feel like that. And I just listened to her and I just kept listening to all of her reasoning. And it's funny when you are feeling like you don't want to be on this earth anymore. And I'm going to say this to parents because I need you to know some signal words. And this is not a full on podcast on the signs of suicide because that would be um, a lot more detail I would need to give you. But I'm just talking from the parenting perspective right now in terms of the small things that we do 
that we unconsciously don't realize could not be um, positive things to do for our children. That's what I want to highlight specifically today. But if we if we need to, we can go into a different one for just the science of suicide. Um, but she was going on and on, and she was connecting the daughter. She was she was bringing every possible negative thing in her life and piling them up, let's say, on a table, and then going, and that's the reason. I'm a burden and I don't need to be here anymore. Now, some of the things were connected and some of the things were not connected whatsoever. Like, for example, if someone on, on like uh, in her family was um, not showing her love or attention, you could tell after I inquired about the story of that person that that person was going through a lot themselves and probably didn't have time to give her because they themselves were going through immense struggle. And one of them actually was her mom. Her mom was going through a lot and her mom was going through a lot but not realizing how much it was affecting her daughter the whole time her daughter had been growing up. The mother had gone through divorce and the mother was trying to re, you know, repair her, her, uh, her life after divorce and carry on and figure out how to provide or should she remarry? And there was a lot the mother was going through. And I knew as mothers, we have a lot of our own stress. We have things with in-laws. We have things with careers. We have things with our spouses. But the children are taking note. And the mother wasn't necessarily saying something negative to the child, but she was showing the child that she was unavailable. Physically, emotionally, maybe, you know, mentally, psychologically, you know, she was not available because of what she was going through. And that translated to her child. And it doesn't mean that it was true necessarily. It was just the perspective, right? It translated to her child that I'm not important enough to be paid attention to. I'm not important enough to be loved. I must just be a burden because they're already struggling. And look at me sitting here and I'm just a burden. Subhanallah. Could you imagine? And as parents every day, we're going through so much and we're never thinking our child is going to say they're a burden to us. Like, yes, we might give them that vibe. Let's just be honest. I'm too busy right now. Why are you always doing that? I mean, think of all the negative things we're saying every day. And I, I challenge us to ask ourselves, how many positive things are we saying? I love the way you sat just now instead of, why are you always flopping yourself on the floor? Could you possibly sit upright? You know, why are you doing that? We're saying things all the time that we should say to correct behavior, but is that all we're saying? I mean, how often are we just hugging them and being like, I love you? Now, now moms and dads tend to do it a lot more when their children are under two and three. It's really easy. They're so cute. You want to squeeze their little faces and hug them up. But when they start to get two, like three, four, or even the terrible two, sometimes parents start to change. But for the most part, four, five, six, seven, eight, we start to not express as much love as usual because they're not so little and teeny. And we do sometimes get a bit harsher. I'm speaking in a very generalistic sense, but I'm just saying trending kind of a wise. And then also in some Muslim families, um, some women just were not showed how to have love and affection because their parents didn't show them. So they're just repeating the process that they were taught of how you should parent, you know, trying to correct behavior, make sure they're in line, make sure they're organized, make sure someone's not poking someone's eye out, you know. But in general, they're focused on that. And the psychological stuff that the children are going through, it's just passing right by. They're not even realizing what's happening. So basically, that's what this daughter was describing to me. And then even when she was talking about um, her husband, because he's so busy. So she has another baby on the way. And her husband is so, so busy. 
So he took on an extra shift of work. So now he's not available. He was working his full shift and now he's doing an additional shift and he's coming home ungodly ungodly hours of the night, just trying to um, say, okay, I have another child on the way I have to provide. And, and so they both spoke that, yes, he was working. It wasn't like he was intentionally trying to do something. Now the, the daughter did give some signs to her spouse, but this is the other problem guys. And I want to say this, um, we're Muslims and in our culture, we don't talk about these things. Sometimes we don't talk about suicide. These things make us uncomfortable. Therapy makes us uncomfortable. Anything with mental, um, you know, mental uh, health issues make us uncomfortable. It's a huge epidemic, but, but even though these are things we're not used to talking about, we need to talk about them. There's no such thing as, oh, well, no one taught me. So here I am on a podcast telling you guys, please. So what I want to tell you today is that somewhere along your journey, you might have gotten alarmed with emotional triggers. So what happened was this particular um, daughter of the woman, um, you know, and she was breaking down because she felt like it was all her fault. And we talked about some of the things that she she did that she, that were out of control out of her control. She couldn't help that she got divorced. And this is when women, you know, they're struggling with marriage problems, and they um, they talk to me about divorce. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about how serious divorce is right now. You know, it's a it, that's why Allah Subhanahu wa Taala always tries to avoid divorce, and he talks about avoiding divorce because there's a lot that comes with it. It's not it's not the end of the world. Okay, divorce happens. It happened in the time of the Prophet peace be upon him. But it it a whole nother thing happens that we have to deal with. So. Um, you know, it wasn't the mother's fault. It was just something that had to be done. Actually, probably she felt was the best choice she ever made. So that was good. It wasn't a negative thing. Even the daughter agreed that it was a good thing that the mother got divorced. So there was not a problem with that. But what problem was that she wasn't getting what she needed, right? And so I talked before in a previous podcast about the fact that when human beings have extreme emotions, it means they're not getting a need met, a basic need met. It, it kind of, I don't want to, be too simplistic in psychology, but it kind of boils down to that. There's something that they don't feel like they're getting. And so this particular um, sister, the young girl, she's not young girl, she's 20, right? 2021. Um, she wasn't getting a need met, which would she needed more human contact. She needed to feel in um she was spending, we, we, we assessed it. She was spending a lot of hours alone, alone with the children because she was in the house. She didn't drive and her husband was gone for long times, uh, long periods. She lived in a, a bit farther away from the family. Sometimes her mother could visit her here and there periodically, but because of her mother's own schedule, maybe with work or because of the distance between family members and other people, we realized she was spending a, um, a not so good amount of time alone, which was also affecting her. And then we're also going to, I mean, we're not going to deny the effects of Shaitan. Shaitan loves to get people to this point. When I was listening to some of the, the 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 reasoning that she had of why she did she was a burden, I said, Ya Allah, this is the waswas of Shaitan. So part of it was some of her unresolved feelings, some things like that. But if someone was also definitely amplified by Shaitan telling her, Yes, nobody has time for you. Yes. And we have to stay conscious, all of us, about those waswasas, you know, those, those, those whispers of of lies that are just telling us things that are not true about ourselves. So I wanted to get to kind of, um, you know, what happened here and what we can do on a daily basis to make sure that we're not putting our children in these positions where even though we might have a good excuse for being busy, so a lot of this came down to busy, unavailable, 
as an adult. When the adults are busy and unavailable, how that translates to the children. And I'm sure many of us, even with our housework alone, are busy and unavailable. But we can't be, guys. That's the message of this podcast. You cannot and I cannot be so busy and unavailable that we don't give the ch- their children their rights and their basic needs. And I'm going to tell you how you can you know, kind of get a grip on that. But I do want us just to ask about three or four reflective questions if you want to pause and write them down. But I really want you to think about these. Um, because the other thing is sometimes our kids are showing us signs that they're hurting and they're not, and we're not paying attention. That's the other thing. So I want to first just ask, what were your parents' reaction when you showed intense emotions such as um, sadness or um, anxiety or fear or anger? Were you comforted or were your feelings pushed to the side? I know my answer to that. I had one parent who was one way and one who was the other way. So they tended to um, handle it differently. And sometimes I think one of the parents' reactions was what saved my life. Because I feel like maybe if I would have just only um, focused on the other parent's reaction, I might have been suicidal. That's the honest truth. So, um, you know, that one parent had no idea what they were saying every day, how much it helped. Um, So I need us to ask ourselves, like, because we don't want to repeat things, right? to our children. So that you might want to stop and ask yourself that. If you want to pause, write it down. But please, guys, ask yourself these sincerely and answer them sincerely. Don't just listen to the podcast and not actually do it. I'm telling you, please, because there are too many, too many youth that are getting to this point and there are things that we could have done. We could have. Um, what ne- next one is what negative thoughts play and repeat in your own mind? Because like sometimes we have our own negative things that we're going through as women, right? We wake up in the morning like, oh, my goodness, you know, my children are like this. My spouse is like this. My job is like this. The money situation, it's like this. Like what are our negative patterns and are we are we reflecting them like onto our, our children and making them feel our stress and pain and making them feel like a burden? That's really, really important. And the third one is um, what behaviors do you display that you don't want your own child to pick up on? Maybe you're always in a, in a state of despair. And so your child will be in a state of despair, but you don't realize that they are picking up. They pick up as early as really young guys, even two and three and four, they pick up. So no matter how old their child, imagine if they're older, they really pick up. They are like in hype. Like my son is eight. He is so in tune with everyone's emotion in the house. It is like, I'm like embarrassed to go out out of the room if I have a strong emotion. I'm like, oh no, he's taking note. Like it's really real. And so like what, if you don't want them to have it, like what could they be? And like, how are you addressing those? Or how am I addressing those? And the fourth one is which of your child's behaviors do you struggle with? And could they have possibly been learned from your own behavior? That's a tough one. Yeah. What if your child is always, um, has no patience? Maybe you haven't, don't have any patience. Your, your child's like, oh, and they're always frustrated. Are you like that? Am I like that? It's crazy how sometimes they are a mirror of who we are. Now, I'm not going to go into the focus. That's not the whole focus of today, but I want to talk about the emotions that we're experiencing and how they're affecting our children and what we're showing or not showing to our children. That's what I want us to focus on today. So to get to how we can kind of get a bit of a grip on this, I want to tell you that on a daily basis, there are these three things I would like you to try to do that I have done myself that have really helped me 
But I do want to say, regardless, please always try to communicate with your children, no matter what age they are, and try to try to constantly take stock of how everybody's doing and pay attention to the nuances in their behavior. Like I notice if one of my children, I know all their patterns. I know all their patterns of when something's not going right. Each child has a different sign in my house. So when one is a bit more withdrawn and all of a sudden they're quiet, I know that one. I have to go check on that one. And if I if I have another one that they're starting to get super chatty, then that's their sign, you know, because they're usually more quiet and maybe they're trying to mask or cover something. And I know another one when you know, every child has a different sign. So as a parent, it's almost like we're doctors, right? So what I want to ask you to do on a daily basis is these three things that could help to make sure that you are not um not giving, making our children feel like they are a burden to us because sometimes that is a problem because we're busy. It's an effect of us being busy. There's other things too, guys. It's not totally this simplistic, but I do want to say that these are simple little things, simple little things. They're not deep, deep things I'm asking you to do. Slight changes. And I did a podcast before about schedules and about how you can um, put things into your schedule. And if you saw them, maybe I'll, I'll, um, I'll link it below. I have my schedule and I put in there um, exactly where I put time in my schedule every day for my husband. I have my time with my husband is every night right after I put the kids to bed for an hour to an hour and a half, we have our, our alone time. And my husband at first was like, why are we scheduling time? It was so odd, but because our schedule is so busy, we weren't seeing each other. And now my husband's like, hey, it's our time. Come and sit down. <laughs> he likes it. So subhanAllah, like, you know, at first it was odd because culturally nobody does that. But like it, it's sometimes because of this crazy world we live in, we have to do things like this. And don't worry, even if you guys are not culturally used to it, you could do these things. That's my point. And the second thing is I put in time for my children because my children need to know that I care. And I've had cases before where my children actually walked up to me and when I was in my deep career days, when I was like gung-ho career, and you might see I might be doing an upcoming podcast with a sister. I'm not going to say who yet. She knows who she is. Um, I might be on her podcast talking about this um, soon where we get so crazily busy that our children, and we get so career focused because we're told as women, we have to like do these amazing things and feminism and all this stuff. And I had my children walk up to me once or twice and say, mommy, do you love me? And that's heartbreaking for a mother to hear. So needless to say, I don't live that type of life anymore. I've moved on past that and learned a lot of lessons from that part of my life. But for a child to say that, the fact that they don't know that, they're not sure they had to ask you, says a lot about what we're not showing them or telling them, right? So what I want you to do on a daily basis and ask your child is assess um, how much time you're spending with them and attention that you're giving them. So first we want to talk about time and attention. How much time and attention are you actually spending undivided attention? I'm not talking about the five minutes you sat there. That's kind of out of 24 hours in a day. If we give our child five minutes, that's pretty sad. 10 minutes, pretty sad. I mean, I would say at least no less than 20 minutes of undivided, no telephone attention would be acceptable. Not ideal, but acceptable at least if that's the least you can give them. It's really important. The, and, and the second thing is I need to assess the words that we're saying to them. How often are we pushing them away and making them feel like we can't deal with them right now? We're too busy right now because the girl that was suicidal, she mentioned that several times. 
the mother constantly saying that. Now I said the mother was going through things, but maybe had someone spoken to her and said, hey, I know you're going through a lot right now, but if you could still devote 20 to 30 minutes a day to make your child understand how important it is, or maybe you could talk to her about what you're going through. Maybe you could say, hey, mommy's going through a lot right now, but it does not mean I love you any less. You are so important to me. There is nothing more in the world that I love than to be with you. It's just sometimes mommy has to go through these things, but don't you ever think, that you're not important to me. Maybe the mom could have said that more and maybe could have made a huge difference for the daughter. And the third one is place specific times in your calendar. Like I said, specific times from 2 to 2.30, from 2 to 3. We're going to go out to the park. Show them that you actually enjoy being with them. How about this one? I love this one. When your child walks in the room, I used to do this every morning with my son. So funny. I used to do this every morning with my son. And one day, I guess I hadn't had my coffee and I forgot to say it. And he reminded me. I say it with my son every time he wakes up. You know, when the kids wake up, you're like, oh, the kids woke up. <laughs> I can't clean anymore. Or I can't do that thing I'm trying to do right now. The kids woke up. I mean, this is like the mother's thing, right? The kids sleeping enough and us getting time to herself. So I didn't want him to feel that way or my kids to feel that way. So what I do is when my kids wake up, I turn. And even though I feel kind of like, oh, I did have more to do. I turn to them and I always open my arms and I say, oh my gosh, you're awake. I'm so happy you're here. I do that every time. And you know, I think I learned that from, it's crazy. I think I learned that from Maya Angelou. I was reading a book or something and she said her grandma used to do that to her. And anyway, knows the story of Maya Angelou. She went through a lot of abuse and lots of other things I won't talk about. And she said how her grandma doing that saved her. How like, it, you know, not in those exact words, but basically how it it made her feel like she was wanted and she was loved. And so I always do that with a big smile. I turn around to my son and I say, hey, sweetheart, I'm so happy you're here. How are you? Good morning. And I do all that. And one day I forgot, I guess, like I said, because I didn't have my coffee. My son's like, hey, you're supposed to say you're so happy you're here. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're so right. What was I thinking? <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh. So yeah, putting the time, they notice guys, right? And last note, going back to the sister, alhamdulillah, we were able to talk her down and connect her with the mom. We had to actually change her schedule and put in some time where she had more time outside of the house, more time connecting with people. Um, we come now in a digital age when a lot of people are expressing um, deep feelings of sadness and depression, guys, because they're extremely isolated and lonely. And I talk about another podcast on that. Um, maybe I can link that below. It's not, it's not a suicide podcast, but it is about and why we're experiencing these strong emotions. Like, you're not crazy. I'm not crazy. We are so disconnected. We are supposed to be a tribal society. Even the times of Islam, we're all supposed to be together in big groups and support one another. So I'm, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I wanted to do a little stint for parents because we have been doing a, a big um, push for love this month as we're going over things. And I want to just share that, that touching story with you because I was once again awoken in my heart as to the importance of the words and actions every day we as parents um you know have the responsibility of and and I just wanted to say may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy in your parenting may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you beautiful beautiful children that are full of the feeling of being loved and taken care of and and feeling worthy and feeling um like they have um, worth in this world. And and we need to just, just keep a constant pulse on our children and everything you're experiencing and try your best. And if you're struggling, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for help. He's most merciful. He's the best source of help. Thank you guys so much. I will talk to you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.